Welcome back to another episode. I'm your her I'm your host, not your host. <laughs> the liberal moderate. And I have uh, my lovely co-host, Nora Yaya, the liberal lobbyist. Hello, 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 hello. Everybody's very conservative in New York. Christopher Wright. Yes, and we are the Politrix Podcast. Today is episode 32. Ow, ow! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening and sharing the podcast and leaving comments. Please continue to share it with friends, family. Follow us on Politrix Podcast on Instagram. We're Politrix Pod. Find us on YouTube. If you're listening to us, guess what? Or watching us right now, because we are officially on YouTube in the video form. We in here. Yeah, we're, we're, now we're gonna do. Oh, the, we out shit. We've been saying we're gonna. Folks, yeah, you know. for 2020, we've been saying we've been do, we're gonna do that and really start getting on our video stuff. So now we're on it, so you can see us and you know you can leave hopefully nice comments. Um, but um, continue to listen, subscribe, leave a comment. Um, and also we're on every other platform: Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeart, Anchor, all that stuff. So today we have a a special guest who's um listen who's streaming in as you can see in from Atlanta Ash Cash financial um like I mean guru I should say uh he's he's you've seen him on like so many different things I want to definitely like extend it to you and you know let 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 them know um what you've been on and what what um what you do. No, for sure, for sure. So uh, I am Ash Exantis, aka Ash Cash. Um, I'm a financial educator, you know, so, you know, from from New York City, who just believes that if you change your mindset, you can manage your money better. Uh, I've written uh, eight books. Uh, four of them have been bestsellers, uh, and I've been on uh, every platform you can think of, from um, you know Today Show to New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Yahoo Finance. Uh, sway in the morning. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Everything. I've been I've been on a lot of things. Uh, the you know, I I love I love to say that I'm Googleable. Uh, <laughs> and so, you and really so if, you just, if you go, if you just Google Ash Cash, you'll see that I'm uh, somebody that's that's passionate about finance, uh-huh. uh, pa- passionate about helping people live their their best lives, and that's and that's what I do uh, day in day out is just help people change their mindset so they can live their life better. Awesome. That's a great, isn't that awesome? I'm excited to learn. Yes, we're excited. So today we're going to have this episode. We're going to, it's a financial empowerment episode for us. Um, And we're really excited about this and we're happy to have you. Yeah. No, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I I listen to the show as well. Yes. Uh, And so so I really really love it. And the reason why I'm going to tell you real quick, right? Sure. The reason why I love this show is because I think that as a people, we've gotten away from... Like, think about the family, right? Our okay. family dynamic. Right. We don't all get along. Like, we don't. I mean, not not that we all don't get along. We don't all have the same opinions. Right. And so it's it's actually sort of like a pastime where you, your cousin thinks one thing, your other cousin thinks another thing, yeah. and and it's, it was really it's literally fun. You sit at the table, y'all argue all day, <laughs> right. and y'all go play basketball together. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Thanksgiving we, we dinner, that's all. We haven't gotten to basketball yet, but we, we're going to get there. We gonna get, hopefully, we're going to get there. Y'all, y'all don't want year. none of that. <laughs> one day, y'all can see the together. You know? one, so one day. I, I love the fact that we're doing that. Right. Where, 
because how do you learn? How do you that's learn? Right. How do you grow that's if right. you don't listen to other exactly. perspectives? So that's I, so I right. love what y'all doing. That's right. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you know what we thought? We thought that because the election season, people are so uninformed, especially our people when it comes to politics. They don't know. They don't know what like they're not paying attention. So yeah. we try to inform them on things that are going on on a weekly basis and get them, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. excited about, you know, voting in 2020. Yeah. You know, yeah. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so um, happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. Happy new year. How was everybody's holiday week? We haven't seen each other in a while. It was great, man. I, I did some resting. I watched a lot of TV, which I never get to do. So okay. I was so excited to lay on the couch. It was amazing. Did you have any shows? Because I know you're um, I took a I took a, about 10 days off, which was very difficult for me. Um, but I just wanted to spend some time with my family. And I think that was important. And now it's back to the grind. Okay. Because today you have two shows, have two right? two shows tonight. Yes. Oh, my gosh. In Brooklyn. So it should be fun. It should be oh, time. wow. <laughs> How about you, Chris? What was your... Um, how have your last couple of weeks been? It was good. Holidays. Just uh, just chill with my sister, pretty much. You know, just me and her in the city. So, we uh, spent time here. Then we went to Maryland, saw my dad. Oh, nice. uh, spent nice. some time down wow, there with him. Good. Yeah, yeah I haven't heard you say you were going to see your dad in a while. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, well, I haven't seen my dad in a while. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> a lot of catching up to do. Me mm-hmm. and him. So you know, we had our differences and throughout the years, but we did a lot of catching up and we had a good, a lot of good talk, a good father and son moment, I guess. Beautiful. I did a walk and talk when I was down there and a bunch of young black youth came up to me when I was talking and they asked me a bunch of questions about conservatism. I schooled mm-hmm. them, took a photo if you guys want to <laughs> see it later on. He loves schooling people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. How about you, um, Ash? How's your, Ash, how's your um, holidays been? New Year? No, it's pretty good. I, I actually was in in New York okay. um, spending time with my, with my sister and my niece and okay. uh, have my daughter with me, oh, uh, wow. so it was good. Yeah, it was it was it was a first time in a long time where I kind of just sort of relaxed a little bit, right. and um, yeah, and, and, yeah. So I spent time in in, in New York and uh, had a, had a decent time. It was it was uh, you know emotional a little bit because my mom passed away last year. Oh, sorry to hear that. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, in March, and then her birthday is January second. Oh wow. Uh, oh, and so yeah, so so yeah, so I, so I had to. Uh, so I was in New York. Spending time with family, but then also, you know, to 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 pay pay Respect. homage to her, um, and so it was it was it was I an mean, emotional mm. roller coaster, but but I think for for the most part, it was a it was a great time just being you know being with family for sure. Always, I mean, I think that's I mean, even me, like I spent time with my family. I, you know, Christmas, New Year's, like I just spent time with family, friends. Like it was mm-hmm. important to like just decompress from all, like mm-hmm. especially like media and everything that's yeah. like surrounding. Just needed time to like regroup and now yeah. i'm like ready for this year like i feel like this this year is going to be so crazy like it's going to be crazy yeah and i'm Woo. on this fitness journey so lord i'm it's... on a fitness nice. journey with you sis i have health, not health had alcohol well. in me 11 too. days oh me too i'm like yeah, yeah. i'm getting my jawline back yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what i'm working on that's i'm trying up. to get a couple sizes down so i'm working on it it's no, gonna... I'm, I'm doing sober january no nothing for all yes. since uh it's been 13 days. I stopped a couple days before New Year's. So. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah, so look at all of us. So we're going to celebrate it at the end. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe we will start that basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys ready to politic? Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Always. Awesome. Okay, so first first topic. Um, this is an interesting topic. Um, it was an article that I read about the meridian wealth of black and Latino families. Um, they're saying that it could hit zero by um, 2053. What do you guys think that pe- um, people of color can do to fight the growing income in- inequality? 
Uh, just, I think, a sense of community. I said this prior many a times, but just, you know, building our sense of community, uh, working together to get things done. You know, we're for a Jewish company, and they showed me a lot when it comes to how they work together and how they support family, how they teach family a lot of things when it comes to money at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think if we just kind of got together, brought that black father back in the house, you know, definitely get things done. Bring the black father back in the house yes. can help change the inequ- the the meridian. You think that that's going to change our? Who's the main worker in the household? No, you know that. <laughs> no, no, no. You started early. Just saying. No, y'all. If you a single mother, you ain't gonna right. Be statistically, <laughs> statistically though, statistically, women like the average um, average worker like um worker that used to be like the white man that you know is the blue collar worker now it's the black woman who's like average age of 35 and either has kids or is single or doesn't have any kids but she's the one that's working so that and statistically at, and then we're talking about them being broken in a few years so what's that tell you Huh? And they're talking, we're talking about them being broke in 2053. So what does that tell you? Well, there's a difference between broke and then wealth, right? right. So you can have right. a high right. income and still not have a wealth generating family, yep. right? Yep. So yep. I think we have to be clear when we're talking about broke versus like wealth, right? Wealth is going to be at zero by 2053. Mm-hmm. So I think right. that's something and, I would and, and, and I think cash. just to jump in real quick, please. because I'm like, it, I'm like itching to jump in. Yes, please. Um, I, I think that when we hear these narratives, we have to be clear of what's being said, right? Okay. And so they're saying the income inequality will lead to uh, zero wealth by 2053. And I think that that one doesn't have anything to do with the other, right? Okay. And I think that what happens is that too many times we bought the uh, narrative that wealth is built with income. Um, and, and I think that what we need to understand is that wealth is built with ownership. Mm -hmm. And I think that in order for us to get to a space, uh, you know, to Chris's point, uh, to get to, to, to a space where, um, you know, know, us as black people do not get to zero wealth in 2053 means that as we're earning income, no matter what the income is, we need to change our mindset from being only consumers Right. To being owners. Right. And we have to use that money to be able to buy things, build businesses. And it, and, and honestly, I don't really think it matters um, who is earning it. Right. Whether it's black women that's earning it, whether it's black men that's earning it, whether it's black children that's earning it. Yeah. I think that as a community, we need to understand what other communities have understand, like the Jewish communities, mm-hmm. like the Korean uh, uh, communities like the Asian communities, like the you know all the other communities that understand that collectively we're going to pull our bunnies together and then we're going to own an industry. We're going to own uh, you know you know some type of business operation that now you know that ownership in it is what's going to build wealth within those communities. And and now when when there's jobs to be passed around within what we own. That can stay within our community, opposed to us having to ask other communities for jobs because we don't own, uh, you know, we don't right. own our own industries. We don't really own anything. So I think that's the key to, to making sure that uh, black wealth doesn't go down to zero by 2053 is now focusing on what are we doing with our money? Are we are we taking our money from an active perspective, meaning that we're working for money? And mm-hmm. are we 
changing our relationship with money, right? That's what I teach. Change your relationship with money. Instead of money, you work hard for money, money needs to work hard for you. And so if you don't come from a background that you have money, then that means that, okay, you're going to actively have to work for money. And so no matter where you fall on that spectrum, what are you doing with that money, right? I think it's $1.2 trillion. What are you doing with that money? Are you taking that money and now investing in things that you own so that way that 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 cycle of money stays within your community right. instead of just going one way wow. totally agree right. and uh, don't forget investing as well because you know the doubt has hit twenty nine thousand for the first time in american history so gotta get absolutely. that invest on <laughs> absolutely no no de- definitely definitely um investing is a part of ownership right so I, so, we know what yeah he, we know we, we know, know what, what underlining means. when he says that when he says that he means <laughs> wink wink nod his, nod his, <laughs> wink, his president <laughs> is yeah <laughs> no. okay yeah. i think i would also add though that you know, I think we have to vote to to Chris's point, right? Who we elect, who we get in office are going to create policies that could be detrimental or beneficial to the black community, right? So we need to be conscious of that because please believe that all of these property issues that we're now dealing with were state and federal sanctioned laws where black people could not own property. Mm-hmm. And so Absolutely. that set us back already. So I think for us, we also have to make sure that we're engaged in politics regardless of where you stand on the spectrum mm-hmm. so that you can make sure that some of these policies that they're implementing are going to definitely benefit our community. So I think we have to pay attention to that. Not just, you know, the, the, the sound bites that people give, but like, what are their actual platforms that are going to help us? Perfect. Perfect. I love all these answers. We're going to just go to the next topic. (laughs) So, um, this is kind of, um, I think you kind of touched upon this, Ash, on um, what you were talking about, Mm -hmm. the spending power. So this topic is about black black consumerism. I think this is like Mm -hmm. something we always hear this in every like I always hear this in different like news stories like black consumers have their buying power so strong, their buying power so Mm -hmm. strong. So this is a question that I really think that we really need to kind of start talking about and actually definitively try to figure out what we're doing wrong as people individually, even us, you know, what we should be doing. Okay, so black consumers spending power is at 1.2 trillion annually. I think you mentioned that. Um, how can black people change their relationship with money to benefit their community? Now, we you talked about that a little bit about spending within each within our community, but I think we specifically practicalities, I think we need to kind of break down for people who are watching, listening, that they can start thinking about, especially the people of color, um, and even white people, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what can we do on an individual basis that can start to help our community, specifically the black um, people? Yeah, not for sure. That's a great question. And I think that, um, number one, it starts with uh, being recognizing uh, what type of pers- people exist in this world, right? And so, you know, I always say there's four types of people. You have consumers. Uh, you have uh, producers, you have investors, and you have philanthropists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, uh, in, in our community, we are just consumers. And so we make money and then we consume. Um, and so because we're just making money and consuming, uh, we're not putting money into into like our intellectual property. We're not really producing at the level that we should be producing. Uh, we're not putting money into investing, whether it's uh, uh, real estate, whether it's stocks and bonds, whether it's investing in other businesses within our community uh, but then also from a philanthropy standpoint we're not giving back right to those institutions that that supported us that we want to see more of and we want to mm-hmm. see uh, more things done and so I think that 
uh, with that $1.2 trillion spending power, uh, we have to start funneling uh, some of that money into the other three parts, not just being consumers. And there's nothing wrong with being a consumer because that's how money is supposed to cycle, right? There's a cycle of money. Um, And so you're supposed to circulate your money. And so you have to consume, but you also have to produce. You also have to invest and you also have to give back. I mean, I think that that's how we do it. Um, you know, I think that. What about you buying wanna... black? What about buying black? Like that whole now yeah. that's like a term of. Yeah, I think I think what that, does that I mean? think that's skewed in a way, right? Okay. I think that okay. I, I don't like the generalization of that, oh, right? Because okay. as as we as we understand um, the, the 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 narrative, right? Not all skin folk is your kin folk, right? Okay. Straight and up. So, okay. And so, Straight and, up. Right. And so, just because somebody is black mm. or somebody has a business. Uh, does not mean that they are um, focusing on the needs and wants of the black community. And definitely not and, that philanthropy part. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and on, on the opposite side, just because somebody's not black doesn't mean that they do not support the black community either. Right. And so this is I, what don't I, meant. Really, I wanted to hear this. this good. <laughs> and so and so I don't really buy into the buy black narrative right. because it's too general. It's too general. It means that if you have a business and you are black, if you want to support the black community, you should buy that. You should buy into that business. Right. But that's that's that doesn't serve the community. And I think what serves the community is being informed. Right. And so I think that what what needs to happen um, is that you need to focus your dollar on what are those businesses that you can support that supports the community. Right. And it could be. So I'll give you a prime example. Yeah, and so when, when, example. When, when I when I live uh, in. Uh, in New York, I lived in Westchester County. I lived in New Rochelle. Oh wow! Um, and 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 a, and a few a few you know I, I I would always go to the Target that's in Mount Vernon, right? Mm. Or right on Sanford Boulevard. Right. Every time I go to Target, ninety eight percent of the employees were black people mm-hmm. from my community, mm-hmm. right? From from Mount Vernon, and they were they got they got those jobs. So I loved working, or I loved spending my money at that target because I was supporting my community. If I stop spending money at target, that specific target, then business will slow down. And all those young people from Mount Vernon who look like me, who, who need that job or start would not have a job. And yeah. so for me, that's me putting money back into my community. Right. And, but target is not a black owned business. Right. And so I think that that's the consciousness that we need to have. We need to to um, uh, to investigate more. Okay, great. You're a black business. Okay, I want to give you my money, but what are you doing within the community? Who are you employing? Right? Are you employing the community? Are you giving back to the community? You know what? What is it about your business that you're uh, that you know? What is it about your business that makes this? good for my community if 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 i'm from harlem and you open up a business in harlem and it's a black business but you live in new rochelle you know around you know people who are not black and now me supporting your business you're not hiring people from harlem you're not doing anything in harlem and and you might be black but you might you know go to the country club up in new rochelle and and you drive a a mercedes-benz that you bought from a white a white dealership then how is that money circulating back into the community because I'm buying black? And so in short, I just think that, you know, don't just follow these blanket narratives. 
do some investigation and make sure that not only the intention is, is, is good, but, but in practicality, what is that business doing for your community and how is it pushing your community forward? Mm-hmm. Amen. I definitely agree. You guys, we all agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I get> that. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. I okay. That. I mean, I, I, I do want to, um, I do think that we do need to exercise a little bit more like, um, support with like, um, now specifically in my, with my line of work, <clears throat> I work in the music business. So for me, I, I do think that we need to support more, um, people of color. I think that that's important too, specifically when hiring for hiring practices. I think mm. we should always, you know, try to give, um, opportunities to people who, um, look like us. Right. And not just, you know, give them, you know, give the, you know, um, the Jewish person, the job, the yeah. Italian person, the job, just because they feel like, oh, that person has, you know, that person seems like they, they, they could do it better when, you know, I, 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 I remember hearing something where they said like directors are, um, directors or, or screenwriters, you know, they like to hire white people more than black people. And the reason is, is because they're, they have more skills. And then, um, the person that they were talking that um, also said the rebuttal was, well, we don't, if we don't give black people a chance to get those skills to train, yep. to become mm-hmm. more, um, um, to have, to learn how to become a better cinematographer, to make better movies, then how will we ever be able to right. get those chat? Like, how will we ever be able to get into the, the space and do proper work? Right. Because mm-hmm. people say, Oh, Tyler Perry, all oh, his stuff is horrible. But when you think about it, He's giving so many jobs. That's practicality. That's learning. So they're increasing their skills. They're building. So that like now... Ava too. Right. Ava now can make Oscar winning stuff because she has the people around her that she's giving the opportunity to do so. And opportunities to direct. I mean, in the industry for sure. I would say in in every industry. I think every industry. Honestly. But I do do think we're starting to move a little bit closer to, at least as black people, like seeing each other as as equal and understanding that we Mm -hmm. have the same skill sets. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember one commissioner um, of a city agency in New York City got a lot of flack because they said that she was just hiring people of color Mm -hmm. but she said actually what i did was required a master's degree and that Mm -hmm. meant that a lot of people could no longer have this job but all these people of color have these master's degrees and they're actually Mm -hmm. well suited in in, in skill set for this job so i think it's you know the narrative has shifted from you know black people needing all these different sort of ways to help them get on our level they're there they just Mm -hmm. need the opportunity oftentimes right right right. and i think i i always hear that um like um white people feel like well you know just hire the right person Person. It shouldn't be about the color. It shouldn't be about the race. And I get that. I agree. I mean, the moment it becomes, here's how it should be. America is split. Black people are make up 15 or tw- is it 12? 13. 13% of this, mm-hmm. of, this, um, of this country. So when you look at your workforce, when you look at your, you, like when you look at your office and you see that there's zero white, uh, black people there, then you should say to yourself, well, why is that? If you're a white person, you should say, well, why, why can't we, why don't we have a little bit more diversity? Right. That's, that's something you should start thinking about when you're, when you're at work and, and when you see that 
13% of your workforce is um, black, then you know that it's an even it's an even um, um, playing field. And I would also encourage everyone to sit on boards. I think like that is just yeah. so important, right? Because you can influence how decisions are made, policies, whether it's for a nonprofit or a for-profit, like get in the room, sit at the board, sit at the table, use your time. If you don't have the money necessarily to be a, fil- you know, I guess get involved in philanthropy. Right. You do have the time where you can at least sit on the board right. and kind of get engaged in these rooms because decisions are being made and we're just not at the table. Right. And it's not for them. It is for a lack of trying on a lot of these businesses. Right. But we also need to kind of be proactive in that right. way. Right. I mean, they. I mean, we talked. We we briefly talked about affirmative action, and I think some people's stance on affirmative. I think your stance on affirmative action was what? What I'm is it? Not good with it. You're not good with it. No. You know, and when you think about affirmative action in practice it was i mean first of all in practice it doesn't even really help black people it actually helps white women more um in well, i wouldn't workforce. say it doesn't help black people well, it just helps white women more okay so that's what i mean in practice okay so pra- yes in practice it helps white women more but um the idea of it and con- the concept of it was was uh established because there were no, if if not a chance if john f kennedy didn't say like we need to create an opportunity for people of color to um get jobs uh, or get an education they just wouldn't we wouldn't have the ch- opportunity yeah. we literally wouldn't yeah, even but, to this day well, well we get minor- but we got other minorities at this point getting overlooked by affirmative action we got a lot of asians getting overlooked and bypass, and that's technically a minority group right so that's why i feel so that's why like, you think it's in any it's in, there's an it's, inequality it's past this time it, it, for its time when it came out, yeah, yeah, we get it. But uh, at this time, twenty twenty, it's time to move on. So, do you think it's yeah? So, so, so here's here's my only thing sure. about that, right? Is that um, I think when it comes to black people, um, there are initiatives that to try to right the wrongs, but the wrongs are never righted. If that you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, mm-hmm. and 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 then before those, those rights are, are or, or those wrongs are righted, we're now saying, okay, now it's time to move on, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, when we think about systemically, um, you you really can't compare what 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 people of color have been through in this country to an Asian to a white woman, right? Like that, like like literally, there has been laws on the books. Like like government sanctioned laws mm-hmm. that stop black and brown people from creating wealth, right? Mm-hmm. And because of those, there's this uh, you know that's why there's this disparity. And so part of what I feel like uh, affirmative action does is kind of you know tries to uh, make the 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 the, the level you know level out the playing field. And so I do think that there is a um, a purpose for affirmative action and an affirmative action um, still could be an effective tool. But I don't, I just, again, it's the same, it's the same thing about like buying black. I just don't like the generalization of minority, right? Because we just go through different things. And so I think that is this practical? I don't know, but I think that there should be a certain set of rules for white women, certain set of rules for, uh, you know, for like Asian minorities, certain set of rules for people of color, because we all, even though we're, 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 uh, minorities, we have all been through different things. You can't just put us all in a pot and say, you know, you're a minority, so let's let's equal it out. There, there are specific things that we have gone through as black people that we do need um, the opportunity, right? I'm not saying 
you know, give out give out the jobs to people who sounds, are unqualified. It sounds like you're talking about reparations. <laughs> not 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 you, you know not oh, not no. reparations not reparations in the uh, in the sense of money. traditional sense. Yeah, I think I think I think giving. I mean, we know the facts, right? The facts are. Uh, if you take a lottery winner and you give them a million dollars or right. you give them millions right. of dollars, they're going to lose it in five years. Right? right. And so I don't think so, especially as a financial educator, I think it's the worst thing ever to cut a check, like physically give money to people who don't know how to manage money. Right. And so 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 from a reparation perspective, but I'm not even for. But to you your know, point not, about yeah. general statements and blanket statements, I think that's the problem is that people think so black and white with reparations. They right. think about a check. But there are so many different forms and ways and policies that could be implemented that could also be considered a form of reparations. Right. Agreed, and so, agreed, agreed. you know, I don't think that we can deny the history of this country and how it was created and why we are the superpower that we are and how we grew so fast. It was on the backs of black, black people, period. Yeah. Right. So. Asians too. They I mean, built the and Asians. They built the railroads and they had concentration camps in this country. And, did, and they got kicked um, out. Absolutely. And so we should talk about, but see, this is my thing. It's like, if we're talking about reparations for black people, then that means that Asians are going to get, you know, pushed aside. No, we should be talking about reparations on how to fix this for all communities that help build this country. Right. And so I think we have to be a little bit more creative in our approach. Like, like you said, there were federal state sanctioned laws in HUD that wouldn't allow you to even have black people in your community. Right. So maybe Mm -hmm. it's the conversation that I know we talked about before, Mm -hmm. um, where banks are giving you know, a little bit more generous loans. Maybe there are financial mm-hmm. aid classes. Maybe there are something that could be implemented to make sure that black people have a fighting and fair chance in this country, mm-hmm. given okay. the history. I right. Agree with that. right. All right. Well, let's get to the next topic because we have a few topics more I would like to yeah. try to get into. Um, this is about um, the president. Um, are there any policies that President Trump has done to benefit people of color financially that you feel is um, benefiting um, black people specifically? Yeah. Yeah. I think that. Um, yes. You okay. know, I think oh, that wow. when, we, when we when we think about I, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll talk. Right. Because because I'm, I'm, I'm ahead, looking brother. I'm looking Speak. at your poster <laughs> of the great Nick. I'm, I'm looking hustle. at the poster of the great Nipsey Hussle, okay. right? Yeah. You know, I, I I wrote a book called Hustle Nomics that oh, talks about Nipsey Hussle, dope. right? We got to get that. Um, we got to get that. And I think that a lot of times when people start to, uh, I don't like emotional politics, right? Where people are just being emotional and they just not looking at the facts. Preach. And so, so the facts of the matter York. is that, <laughs> yeah, right? And the facts of the matter is that when you when you look at what Nipsey was doing with opportunity zones like that's like that that's a thing right people we're always talking about opportunity zones which which specifically target inner city neighborhoods and and giving um you know opportunity for those neighborhoods to thrive which are mainly black and brown um i think that that's something that is uh, a benefit to black people that was ushered and 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 you know you know set up by uh, the you know this president's administration and so I do think that that is a policy um, that is that it beneficial um i think that's one of them um so real quick on opportunity zones just to be clear though you can still manipulate the 
you, you can still manipulate the system because in New York, so Hudson Yards, that fancy new building that they created with all these high end <laughs> stores that actually benefited from opportunity zones because right. it's still in an inner city neighborhood, Correct. although it's all the way on the west side in one of the more richer neighborhoods. Yes. But because it's such a concentration of poverty, you have those pockets of yep. poverty in these neighborhoods. They were still able to, you know, manipulate benefit. It. Right. Yeah. So, you know, right. yeah. and, 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 that, and, that, and that's actually a great point. right? <laughs> That's your president's opportunity yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you govern your state but, still. But, but, that, but, but, but that's, that's a great point because when you think about um, why it's important, like why your show is important, why having these conversations are important, because the other thing about opportunity is that you have to take advantage of the opportunity within the lifetime of the opportunity, right? Which means what? Which means that if we are only focusing on um, you know, the negative side of what is being done and not realizing that right in our faces, right? And so there's a lot of people who are like, you know, they hate Trump, they hate everything that he does to the point where there might be something that's being done that benefits mm-hmm. you, but because you you hate him or whatever the case may be, you're not looking into those opportunities. So I agree that it can be manipulated, but in the same breath, um, it can we be have beneficial. to be informed and understand right. how it works so we can use it to our favor as well. Agreed. Very true. Very yeah. true. Also, yeah. donating record numbers, HBCUs. Go and get your yeah, degrees. That, that's a, yep, I agree with that as well. I mean, it, it, they, they, every, the federal government always has to... Uh, but now he's doing record numbers. He's I mean, donating. he increased he's it. He's he doing, increased he's, it. He's, he increased he's, it. He, more than any president in American yeah, history. Yeah, he increased it. I mean, more it, than any you, president I mean there's history. more people going to HBCUs. He increased it. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not... We'll get credit where credit's due. I'm, okay. I mean, I'm thankful, thank you for doing that because we want to continue to educate our, our um, people, our black people. So, all right. So let's get to this. Let's go yeah, to the I next like, I got you got <laughs> I'm not even adding to the whole, you know, honestly, the only thing I can say is for um, Democrats, pay attention. That's all I'm going to say is that, yeah. you know, we have to do more, you know, than it, it, it I mean, we can't I, I just... want to be educated, though. I want someone to come to me with the list of all the ways that this president has really benefited people of color and not just from, you know, this sort of big pie in the sky. The economy's doing great. Like, no, really direct policies. Um, so I'm just yeah. waiting for that. Right. Yeah. And, and also also, you know, and just to be fair, uh, when we think about what um, the role this administration has had in some of the prison reform laws, First step um, I think directly benefit step back is uh, huge. you know the black community as well, yeah, for sure. um, and then financially because now you know if if we're uh, you know if, if we're back you know if we're back in the households and now we could you know participate in the the economy mm-hmm. of you know, our community. So that's, an, that's another thing. I, I will well. say that this president is doing more for black people than any other Republican president that I can remember in my lifetime. I can yeah. say that. I will say that to what his about credit. Democrats? Oh, I, I, I mean, there's tons of Democrats that have done things more, for, for more people. than president Trump. Who are these Democrats? More, I mean, I mean, we, we can, we can talk about Bill Clinton. Three strike law. He well, put that more was, blacks I mean, in prison that's a criminal, than any that, president in American history. Absolutely, but that's a but that was a criminal justice um, policy that he needed to that people black clergymen requested. I mean, we talk about this all the time. So that that to me, I, I can keep. Chris well, just set you up. That was a honeypot, girl. You're no, supposed to move on to the next topic. Yeah, <laughs> we're moving on. Okay, but, but we will have a conversation about that. Though. We will have a conversation. I do want to have a conversation about black dem about black dem- Democrats. 
help um and democrat presidents versus republican presidents and how, and they how they've helped people of color yes. we will have a conversation we have an episode yes. we'll have yes, and then we'll have an informed conversation too yes. so let's have that but so i do think that the republican president that is currently here has done you know has started to show more interest in supporting the people i mean bush has done crap for black people you know yeah. so i can say that without uh anything so i'm gonna play a um I'm going to play a clip from um, an interview for this next topic. But first, let me just kind of introduce it to you guys. Um, Okay, so um, billionaire Byron Allen discussed on The Breakfast Club that he wanted to get economic inclusion for people of color. He discussed his ask um, for President Obama to audit um, banks to see if they were lending black people uh, money. He also mentioned that the U.S. government worker um, pension fund... um, uh, a lot of well, let me just play you this. This the, let me just play you the before I just kind of re- reiterate what it is. Talk a little bit about that, and this was something that, you know, I started supporting Senator Obama mm-hmm. long before Black America or anybody knew his name, right? Because he came to folks who had the capital to support. I was happy to support, and after he became president, I said, I'm not. I'm not any different than anybody else. I have an agenda. Mm-hmm. My agenda is that I want for all Americans to have equal access to capital and opportunity, especially African Americans, the furthest left behind. So I said, I have two asks of you. I said, you just spent $700 billion to bail out the banks. And I want you to audit the banks and see if they're lending money to black people not minorities, black people. Because minorities, that's defined as white women, and the new minorities, gay white men. Mm -hmm. But if you actually say, I'm gonna audit you to see if you're lending money to black people, Negroes, whichever decade you wanna go to, Mm -hmm. you're gonna see that we're not getting access to capital. And at that point, I had seen the data that unemployment for under Obama's administration, unemployment for black America had gone up and had gone down for white America and home ownership had hit a 25 year low. Mm-hmm. So I said that audit will send a very clear message to the banks to start lending money to black folks and they'll start dig- digging black people up out of graves and lending money <laughs> <laughs> to maintain their their good standing with the United States government. So and you I got said, a loan. No, no. So okay. I went to him, and that was the other thing. And I said, listen, the other thing I want you to do is just understand that the United States government has over a trillion-dollar pension fund, over a T, government worker pension fund money. People who work for the government, over a trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Not one penny of that is managed by African Americans. Wow. And I just need you to make sure that, you know, maybe $150 billion is in the hands of qualified African-American money managers because that's going to be invested in African-American entrepreneurs in our communities, Mm -hmm. and that will create jobs in our community, and we can start to address the economic genocide Mm -hmm. by making sure you don't have access to a proper education, making sure you don't have access to capital. That equals genocide. I'm going to squeeze you out. I'm going to take the oxygen out of the room. I'm going to position you to fail. You don't have a proper education. You don't have access to capital that's that's not predatory. Mm -hmm. 
you don't have opportunities. So I said those two things will change the game. Mm -hmm. Just notify the banks. I'm going to give you a report card on black people and carving out about $150 billion mm -hmm. of government worker pension fund money, a lot of it coming from people of color. And uh, that did not happen, but that was my ask. It and sounded I was, like Barack just now. That so he, I mean, that, I mean, this is a billionaire, Byron Allen. I, I think he's one of the greatest people um, right now speaking about um, uh, the inequalities of um, the black community, specifically when it comes to um, financial wealth. And he went on to say that um, President Obama was unable to deliver and that, you know, we as a people were not clear on our ask and did not hold him accountable. Um, so Facts. my my question is, do you think people of color need to hold up their elected officials to make them more accountable to their community? If so, what are the issues affecting pe people of color that we need um, to get politicians to advocate for? I think that's yeah. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. absolutely. No, no, guys, I mean it's ahead. a lot. That was a there was a lot in that, yeah. but I would like to talk about what he was actually saying, please. Too, okay, and just that. We do need policy. I love the bank idea of a report card out on, you know, how we are supporting black communities in particular, just because I feel like if you can have a policy and a law that excludes black people, you can have a policy and a law that then includes exclusively black people. And I think that we need to be more comfortable with that conversation okay. and not see it as a handout, but see it as a, a means of justice, given the history of this country and black people. So I think what he's saying is is. 1000% accurate. I would love to see it. Um, and it doesn't, he didn't but even attach anything with it. Just he wants to see what banks are okay, doing. Which, what bank is giving, but what about the evening? There's another thing that he talked about, the, the, the trillion dollar pension, pension fund mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is heavily, heavily funded by black people. people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like all, yeah. a lot of people that work for the government Them are black. Government you know what I mean? Yeah. And hello. Now, <laughs> what in, fact, in fact, yeah. the government is the largest employer of black people. Period. There you mm. go. Okay. Period. You see that? Right? So the that. government okay. is the largest employer of black people. Mm -hmm. And then the second largest employer of black people are black and brown businesses. Okay. So now what is, how come there aren't any business managers, qualified business managers mm -hmm. who went to Harvard, who went to UPenn, who went to great school, who can manage at least a quarter of it not even a quarter even 15 percent of it he's asking for 150 mil, um, billion of it to be managed by um um black um a business uh, consultant money managers how how come that's not happening and how come president trump the greatest president in the in the history hasn't started <laughs> to um include that because that's real that's real i mean if we're going to talk about how well, you obama help, didn't either yeah, I was to, be say, fair. Yeah, I was about to say to be okay. fair yeah, yeah. You, know, you said black unemployment was going up under obama and now it's at the lowest it's ever been well, in american history under trump so i just want to throw that out there real quick well, all I can say is this. I mean, I, I think that I put, again, I keep walking myself into these you things. You do, you do. <laughs> I'm just about facts. You know what I mean? Okay. And so that is how I operate. And I also think that, I mean, I think to Obama's defense, I do know that for him, like, he's a black man. You can't tell me that this man was just sitting there like, I don't want to help black people. Like, he tried, if, the thing with him is that, like we always say, he's the Washington uh, the George Washington of presidents for black, <laughs> for people. black people. And he was, they already thought when he got there that he was going to do barbecues in the front and he was going to have <laughs> well, like, he did. 
Okay, they but did. they but, had hip hop, you know, galas and right, right. He and Beyonce were there, but he every didn't week. have Congress, so he couldn't move mm-hmm. anything, anyways. Thank right. you, please. And, 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 and they, I mean, also, they didn't want him. They were shutting him down completely. Yeah, so imagine yeah, saying, but, "Okay, but guys, but we're going to give a hundred Let's let's hear. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, no. What I was going to say is also when we when we focus on what Byron Allen was saying, we can't miss that. We can't miss that. There wasn't a clear ask from our people as well. Thank right? you. There it what is. Ha- there what what, it what is. happens too is that um, a lot of us were okay with the symbolism, okay. right? Like we got a black yep. man in, as president, yep. but there wasn't a specific ask. And, and so, me as a financial educator, I teach this all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't say, I want to save more money. No, you have to be specific, right? How much money? By when, like you have mm-hmm. to be really specific if you want that goal to be achieved. Mm-hmm. And that's with any goal. Right. And I think that was the issue. That I don't think the issue was, um, I think uh, there were other issues. So all the other issues are valid, but also there was not a specific ask. Okay. And to that point, because when Biden Allen started talking about the audits of the banks and, and the money that's being managed in this government pension fund, you know, I you know that was the first time I heard it when I listened to the interview, and I said, you know what, he has a point. But now what? Can there be a specific ask? Can there be a coalition that's put together? Like like what action steps can we take now that we know this information to start to to, to move the needle in that opposite direction? And I think. That's what what we need. Hey guys, Nora here with a special message for our listeners. I want to thank you for listening to Politrix Podcast and wanted to share an exciting offer to entrepreneurs and supporters. We are now offering businesses the opportunity to be advertised on our show during this mid-roll. If you are interested, please, 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 please email politrixpod at gmail.com. We are also taking support from our listeners through Anchor app. Just click the support this podcast button and you can give whatever you want. You can also join us on Patreon. Look for Politrix Podcast and donate what you can. With your funding, you will help us to increase our video production, post more content, and start marketing and advertising our podcast. We appreciate you, always. And please continue, please, please, please continue to listen to the show. And we're back. Um, and so I just wanted Ash Cash to kind of give us a breakdown for our listeners of what a pension is and then why it's so important to have um, an African American black person money manager kind of having a percentage of this and managing the pension? No, absolutely. That's a great question. And so when you think about a pension, right? So when someone works for a company um, and the company decides to take a portion uh, or, or, or put a portion of money aside for that person so that when they retire, they'll have money uh, that they can use to retire from. Um, that's what a pension is. And so with, 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 with government, uh, when you work a government job, uh, there, there's certain rules. So like if you work a certain amount of years, uh, every year that you work based on what your income is, there's money set aside that's going to be put in a, in a fund for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that fund, you, you know, that money you're going to get when you retire. Um, what happens with what, what money managers do is now these money managers have access to all of this money and they take that money and as a fiduciary of that money, their uh, goal and, and their objective is to invest that money in, in things that will help that money grow. So mm-hmm. that way, uh, when, a, when that person retires, that money get, you know, that, that money is maximized so that they could, uh, you know, really be able to, uh, you know, live off of that money. 
But what also happens, too, is that now when you think about the people who are controlling that fund now have the power to begin to fund and put money into projects that they believe in, projects that they think will uh, make money, projects that they believe that will grow, uh, companies, stocks, whatever it is. Right. Right. And so so, the Irishman, if anyone watched that film, uh, Jimmy Hoffa, that's a great example. Yeah, that's actually exactly what it is. Okay, okay, okay. Exactly what it is. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what it is. If you saw if you saw the Irishman, then, you know, that's exactly that's what he was getting his money from the pension. Right. From the auto workers. So when you think about the fact that these these trillions of dollars are are coming from the black community because it's the black work. It's the majority of the black workers who are generating, you know, this money is set aside for the decisions to how that money is going to grow. But also the money is being funneled into other communities Mm -hmm. that may not benefit the black community. And so that's why when, you know, Byron (laughs) Allen talks about, you know, getting black money managers, even if it's a hundred, you know, $150 billion, imagine that. That a, that a black money manager has $150 billion right. that they could all now have the decision to fund other businesses, to fund projects and things right. of that nature. Right. So that's why that's important for I, sure. I think about that um, African-American, oh gosh, now I can't remember his name, Mayor... Um, do you remember the the mayor that we uh, talked about, the Atlanta, Georgia mayor that um, when he got into office in the 70s, um, he was, or the, eight, the 80s, he was the person that um, utilized black businesses to, um, so they realized that they had to create a, uh, the airport and they said, and he said to himself, okay, we need someone to put the roads down. And he says, I know some people, black people know how to put pavement and cement down mm-hmm. i'm going to use black construction people to you to do the um the pavement and that helped the businesses in the black community because that was so many people that had jobs so this is a type of these yeah. are like small examples of how i feel like if we're not you if we're not even including the black people into these big um when these opportunities come up uh, come up around we're not going to be able to have a piece of the pie like at all. No. And I think that's where diversity is important because your interests are different. Your relationships are different. Your exposure is different. So having a black person manage a portion of those funds, the interest there, the understanding is going to be different. So I do think that that's something that's critical and we should be paying attention to. But again, to the earlier point, you know, when Obama became president and got in office it was emotional it was yeah. symbolic it right was and George we didn't George yeah Washington. we didn't hold him up then right. i i swear I, I didn't know if he was the antichrist it was a little scary everyone was screaming and singing <laughs> obama yeah. i was like oh my we gosh i've never seen this before celebrated. but what is your platform though sir mm-hmm. and so i think we have to as as people like we can't just get excited anymore we have to be more strategic and mm-hmm. hold them to a standard and really ask and push like how are you going to benefit us period well to well, the, po- I, I hope to I'm the point Standard. To this point of what um, Chris was saying about um, Bill, uh, President Bill uh, Clinton, the black clergy were they rallied together and they sent they went to um, their Congress, their senators. They went to um, uh, the president and they said, listen, we need your help in our communities. People are are killing our kids we our kids can't go to school the drugs are horrible we need your help Mm -hmm. can you help us so that's these are ways that you the community is accountable now was that like in 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 hindsight they went a little too extreme with the bill but these are the type of things that if us as black people we started saying all right so this is something what byron allen let's action this out let's actionize this Mm -hmm. let's get all the black um 
intelligent business managers and um you know um, all these great attorneys and let's start walk let's go into this um next um this 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 next election and say to our democratic candidates here's what we need we mm-hmm. need access we need access to funding mm-hmm. specifically these pensions these this pension uh, at least a, 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 a portion of it where we can start um investing this into our communities right all right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. next topic guys i'm gonna right. try to squeeze in uh one more topic um 2020 is upon us yay what can the average person um and this is a really for you ash um what can the average person who makes thirty thousand dollars a year working a nine-to-five job do to build his or her um own wealth yeah so i think i think um you know immediately you know i, I talked about this earlier but i but i'll dive in deeper okay. uh, there has to be a, a change in relationship with money um i i think that People put a, uh, I only make $30,000, so, so I, I don't make enough, and so I'm, I'm, I'm only going to do what I can do within that $30,000. But right. I think that what happens is that um, we cannot only be consumers. We have to produce. We have to invest. We have to give back. Um, and so I think that someone who, who makes $30,000 um, has to change that mindset and, and say, first of all, um, you have to create a financial freedom fund. Um, I used to call it an emergency fund, um, but I do understand that words have power. And so we're, we're not calling any emergencies into our lives. Um, and so that's why I call it a financial freedom fund. Uh, but I, I believe uh, that everybody should have at least six to eight months of expenses in an account um, based on what they make. Right. And so if you make thirty thousand uh, dollars a year um, and your expenses are a thousand dollars per month, uh, then you you should have liquid, meaning that you have access to it uh, at least six to eight thousand dollars in an account for, uh, for for your financial freedom. And so I would start there. Um, I would say that they need to uh, put a percentage uh, aside uh, that anytime money comes in that they take that money off the top and they now they put it in a savings account. Um, and and, and I, I'm not saying pay all your bills first and then you figure it out. I'm saying take yours off the top. Uh, do what FICA does. I don't know who FICA is, but she takes <laughs> her money first. She does. Right? Mm-hmm. She, she, she don't let you see it. She take her money yep. <laughs> and, then, and then you budget whatever's left over, right? And so mm-hmm. I say, you know, treat yourself like FICA. You know, take take the, the, the 10%, if that's what your number is, put that aside and then start building that financial freedom fund from there, because when you think about it, then um, is that you could you could afford ten percent, and then that ten percent adds up. It adds up, and then now you start having this this pool of money that you can start putting into producing some stuff. Uh, you can you can start investing in yourself, investing in businesses, investing in the stock market. You you can start giving back to the institutions that you want you know that support your community. So I think it starts with people understanding that in order to create financial freedom you cannot only be a consumer that you also have to produce invest and give back okay do you think any of these um democratic candidates have um any policies that are beneficial to us are there anything that the to anybody (laughs) yeah i think i think i think right now no i think right now um, I haven't seen anything specific yet, mm-hmm. um, but I also understand. You know, it, it, it's sort of it's sort of one of these things that um, is, is very complicated because um, they're running for presidency of the United States of America, mm-hmm. right? And so, what we have to do 
is sort of put ourselves in that shoe, right? So let's say, for instance, um, there was an Asian person running for president there of is. the United there States. Is. But, Andrew but, no, there is. No, there is. But what I was going to say was, so imagine if Andrew, uh-huh. I didn't want to use him specifically, okay. but I, was, okay. so I wanted but, to keep, no, no, keep no, it general. But, but, but imagine if Andrew Yang said, you know what? Um, Asians built the railroad system, right? right? And so, and so we're, we're going, you know, I'm going to be for America, but I'm also going to make sure that the Asians who built the railroad system are compensated for it. Uh, I don't know if, if, if us as black people, I don't know if the white, if white people would really receive that message. Um, and so I, I do understand that as a lot of, um, the Democrats are running, they're, they're, they're potentially not being as specific uh, to what they want to do or what they can do or what they will do. So I, so right now, um, I don't hear anything that I would say, yes, this is going to specifically help the black community. Um, but I do hope that once we get to the primaries, once we start really you know, narrowing down who the candidates are, uh, there are some specific things that are being said. But I also hope that us as a black community, we start to be specific about what our yeah. ask, you know, what 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 is what is it that we actually want as well? I agree. I think that Elizabeth Warren does have some policies, although not specifically for black people. I think her student loan debt relief will impact mm-hmm. black people um, extremely. Seventy seven percent of African-Americans take out federal loans um, so they can complete their college uh, uh, education. And I think that if three fourths of our loans were forgiven, then that would free up some of this money so we can have that four prong approach that you talked about being able to invest, save, and get that 10% off the top. Um, I know as someone who is in huh, six figures of debt, okay, mm. hallelujah, uh, that mm. if three-fourths of that was forgiven, Lord, I would be able to do so much more, okay? So yes, I think yes. that while it's an indirect benefit, it is something that I've seen that I know would benefit black people in a way um, that I haven't heard other candidates really propose. So mm-hmm. um, shout out to her. Okay, I'm just gonna say because you know I you know she's Yang Gang. I'm gonna say that the freedom dividend is something that I do think that we need to pay attention to. Uh, Martin Luther King advocated for it. Um, yes, and I do believe that um, it may not help specifically only black people because you know, like you just said about the railroads, like we can't just exclude everybody. But I do think that this can help. Ev- everybody by also helping um black people as well you know it would also change the um the income you know the poverty income to 12,000 that means that we wouldn't be we wouldn't be at zero now you know we'd be at 12,000 um I mean I just think that it's something that people should pay attention to you know a thousand dollars a month may not is not going to change your life but it is going to be helpful to like she said paying off your student loans a thousand dollars can help you pay off student loans faster thousand dollars can help you start a business a thousand dollars can help you you know start um you know get, get pick up your kids you know put your kids in daycare so you can work more like whatever the case is you know money in your pocket changing the the um economy trickle up i think that's something that can um benefit yes and we also gotta we gotta be aware to be careful of the spending as well because what comes more spending comes higher taxes and blacks don't need Mm -hmm. higher taxes at this moment in Mm -hmm. my opinion 
Agreed. All right. Well, um, you know, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, it's one one thing actually that's coming up that I, I just wanted to, um, you know, shed light on um, Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, birthday. Um, the holiday is coming up. So I just wanted to um, have us just kind of think about, is there anything that we do you think that Dr. Martin Luther King would be, um, I guess, happy or proud of of the advances for um black people how do you think his um he would he would think of us right now you know after his dream speech almost 60 years ago i think he'd be yeah. proud of this conversation um Absolutely. i don't know if he would necessarily be proud of the state in which we operate right now um because you know i think part of the reason why he was assassinated obviously um was because he started moving away from sort of this race baiting and really talking about what we need to do as people to to close this income gap um inequality wealth gap and i don't think it's only grown right there's mm-hmm. only the haves and the have nots there are no have mores and haves anymore it's just so drastic so i think that we've moved away from some of that and we've grown emotional and we've become um more kind of extreme in mm-hmm. our viewpoints and i hope that we can start to grow closer to that i think this podcast is a great example of that sort of mm-hmm. conversation but generally um the country is in a state of turmoil yeah i think he would be upset with the identity politics that we are playing right now um the fact that we have blacks in here in Brooklyn beating up Jewish people for no reason. I know he would be proud of that. So we need to get away from the identity politics. And like you said, all black brothers, white brothers, everybody put their hands together. Let's work together. Let's get things done. I think we need to get focused back on that. And that's what America's about as well. So, mm-hmm. Ash, did you have any? Yeah, no, no I agree. I agree. I, I think that um, definitely the conversations that we're having now, um, you know, he would be proud of. I think that um, now that we, um, if we, you know, I, I, th- I think that now that we have more access uh, to information um, and access to, um, you know, creating our own economies, whether it's through technology, whether it's, you know, through what we can produce, I think that uh, if you couple uh, the conversations with what we can actually do from a tang- tangible standpoint, uh, that we're moving in, in, in the right direction. I do think that. Um, because, you know, in, in, in the work that I do a lot, there, there is a lot of talk about ownership mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 you know, maybe not in politics, but in other arenas, um, the, the barriers of entry have been lowered where we do have a lot of opportunity to build wealth. Um, and I think that if we continue those conversations on how to build wealth, mm-hmm. plus using the practical tools that we have in order to move in that direction, uh, that we could help. Uh, you know, realize his real dream, which wasn't only about civil rights, to your point, it was silver rights. It was really about, you know, income and, and ownership. Uh, and so I think that um, if, if he were alive now and he would see, um, you know, yes, there, there, there's some spaces in which uh, we move, we move back some. Uh, but if but if we focus on what we have today, uh, we are positioned in a good space uh, to build to build wealth and to move uh, the the income or the wealth gap uh, in, in in the right direction. All right, God bless Love America, it. and we'll yeah. end right there. Um, thank you for listening to um, politics uh, politics podcast. Um, thank you for Ashcash for joining us. Woo-hoo. You were amazing. Thank you, thank thank you, you so me. much. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, please like, hit subscribe, leave a comment. Let us know which topics you want us to hear and talk about next. You can email us at politricspod at gmail. Thank you. 
thank you thank you everybody for yes. listening awesome. and uh we'll thanks see for you tuning next in week. have i'm kirsten d on instagram i'm at miss yaya on instagram christopher wright google Go- okay. <laughs> and i i am ash crash on instagram. ash do you have anything else any other things coming up anything that we can tune into or any talks that we can check you are you going to be out in new york anytime soon uh, I'll be in New York March 21st for a conference. Um, I am doing some some uh, diversity and inclusion work with Facebook, uh, oh, which wow. is which is really good. Mm, um, so I'm trying you know trying it. to help help them get get their lives together. <laughs> I love uh, so that. that. So that'll be that'll be good. But uh, but right now I'm just focusing on helping people uh, you know build their brands. Um, and so if you know my website imashcash.com or if you go to mindrightmoney.com, mm-hmm. I have a lot of online courses that I'm you know, teaching people how to create multiple streams of income and, and create, uh, you know, build generational wealth. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank now, you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate you. Happy MLK, everyone. Happy MLK. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. Yeah. Bye. Peace. Thank you so much, Ash. Appreciate you. No, it's my yes, pleasure. Hey, you. Chris, thank you for taking it easy on me, man. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do more. I, I was more uh, nervous about you. I was like, I don't know. Are we, we going to spawn this struggling? But I appreciate you, brother. Nah, nah, man. Nah, I got you, brother. Uh, you're, you're, you know, yes, this, this is your realm, man. I'm going to let you do your thing. Right. Yes, I ain't going to try to. Right. Nah, I appreciate you, man. It's too early for him right now, about <laughs> 7 p.m. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you get him on a good. So the yeah. timing was good. The timing yeah, was good. Yeah, the timing was good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I'll be reaching out to you, Ash. I need to build my wealth. Yes. So there shout out go. to you. Not for sure. Yes. Yeah, anything, yeah, anything you Follow need. Follow him like, on Instagram, yeah, I'll, guys. I'll, I'll I will. Follow him on Instagram. Definitely, it's, I will. It's, I, it, what's your Instagram? I right? am Ash Cash. I am Ash Cash. I am Ash Cash. Yeah, yeah. follow him on Instagram. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Have a good one. Have a good Saturday. All right, take care. Take yeah. care. Yeah. Right, Ladies and gentlemen, I think they got something they want to say. think they got something they want to say. Ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen, think they got something they want to say. Think they got something they want to say.